I'm ready. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful lies of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Martali, and joining me today is our officially, we can now officially say, official new co-host, Garrett Jones. Garrett, welcome back to the show, and welcome as an official host to War of the Stars. Hello there. General Kenobi. <laughs> yes. That's always that's always my my uh, my my test to see okay, are you really a Star Wars fan if I go hello there? If they do not immediately say General Kenobi. I'm like, yeah, come if, on. If they don't if they don't recognize what movie that's from uh or which character, you don't need that kind of negativity in your yes, life. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Oh man, it is a beautiful day out here in the outer rim. Uh, how is it in your neck of the galaxy? I'm pretty sure I'm on Tatooine at this point. It's <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in Arizona, so it's, yeah. it's, I'm sure I'm sure that place is is just baking right now. But yeah, it's it's been it's been night like breezy, not terrible, but uh, it's it's a little humid today. We've got some, some weird overcast weather. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, anyway, uh, so let's just get right to it. Cause we have a big topic to handle today. Uh, we're going to look at the much maligned sequel trilogy and put our own little spin on it. Our own little fun, little rewrite. Um, as we were talking about, before off camera, our only rule that we're going to have is no recasting as far as the characters go. The characters have to at least somewhat remain the same as what they are. We can retool maybe uh, motivations for them, um, you know, backstory, stuff like that. But, you know, there's no switching out something like switching out. Um, Kylo Ren for, say, Jason Solo. Nothing like that. You can retool it so that maybe he's more like Jason, but there's no, like, just changing out or putting in different characters that will maybe... Well, we can we, we can come to that. We can come to that later, putting in different, putting in newer characters. Um, so let's just start with the first movie, then. Let's just start with Force Awakens, which, in my estimation, really requires a little the least amount of change. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think, yeah. I agree with you on that. Just from a storytelling perspective, because it's introducing a whole new list of characters. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I got to say going into this, uh, you know, it's, it's important to look at where uh, <coughs> the story starts because, because I mean, one of the big rules of writing anything, whether it's a short story, a movie, a book, whatever it is, you want to look for the uh, the ending. You want to know mm -hmm. where you're where you're taking these characters, where you're taking the story. Because if you don't write with the ending in mind, it's actually going to be uh, it's going to make it problematic later yeah. on when you're uh, developing the next step in the in the in the story. And if you're looking at the trilogy like I do, as like each trilogy having being one act in, in a larger source, like A New Hope was the first act of a three-act story empire was the second act jedi was mm -hmm. you know, the third act yeah. 
they tell a story. Same thing yeah. with the, the prequels. And un- unfortunately, the weakest of the bunch has been the sequel trilogy because they did not write with the ending in mind. Yeah. There was, and, and it, it was, you know, it came out and it was said by Abrams that that was the case. They didn't have any idea of where they were taking these characters, yeah. uh, which is a shame because the characters in of themselves are not bad. No, how they were no. acted wasn't bad. It was how they were directed, how they were written, um, especially by that apple-headed um, Ryan Johnson. See, I disagree. I think I think there's things in the in the in the in the, in the, the Ryan Johnson movie that if they would have kept that in going into, particularly the idea of Ray being a nobody. That's one thing I will stand by because that would have made more sense whenever she did take the Skywalker name. It would have made more sense if she had been a nobody because, for me at least, it would have made more sense. I like that idea of her being her not being anyone special, her not being from any particular name. And then um, I like that idea of 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 uh, that that Ryan had with that of having her I, be a nobody. I, I do too, and I will agree with you on that one. My my biggest concern was you have directors and writers who are either they're either uh, fans in name only or they've never been a fan of the franchise at all have no idea mm-hmm. what they're doing mm-hmm. and um, and so they're they're working on this franchise they're working on this the saga and they're putting their they're putting their spin they're they're deconstructing these characters but they're not doing anything anything really new with them and whatever mm-hmm. they do, accomplish ends up kind of silent uh just completely destroying anything that was built up in the previous entry hmm. um because i mean by the time by the time uh the rise of skywalker came out uh, the whole goal of that film was to simply undo some of the things that had happened in the last jedi which the last jedi inadvertently undid some characterizations that were developed in the force awakens so hmm. Um, but let's, I say, let's get into this. Let's t- kind of develop the stories, uh, okay. and see where it take us. All right. So, uh, I mean, where do we start as far as the, well, yeah, go ahead. As far as like making changes and making like, like, I think we've already kind of said that, I mean, what changes do we need to make to force awakens? If any. Well, with Force Awakens, making it almost a shot-for-shot remake of A New Hope yeah. was kind of the it's it was kind of the downfall of this of this of this trilogy because mm-hmm. they I get that they wanted to make something familiar, yeah, but you can still do that, especially with the environment with the with the lore, and still yeah. make it its own thing. Um, if you look at, I mean, as, as shoddily written as the dialogue was from the prequel trilogy, each film was its own thing. Yeah. And it didn't try to imitate what came before it. It didn't try to, um, it just, it built off of it because it's all part of the same story. And there mm-hmm. was a, there's an ending point that, yeah. you know, the prequel trilogy was all about showing us Anakin's rise amongst the Jedi and fall towards the Sith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does that in spectacular fashion. And 
honestly, of the three films, probably the Revenge of the Sith is is by far the the best of the three. Yeah. Um, uh, which you know, if you look at depending on who you ask and which in which decade they were born, uh, fans of the of the original trilogy are going to say it's either A New Hope or Empire. Right. Um, but with with the Force Awakens, I would say I like I like the way it started off. They're looking the this idea that they're looking for for Skywalker, and they're trying to find out where he is. I think was is a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. My thought would be, you know, I, I like the idea of him being in hiding or being in exile, but this idea that it happened over one mistake more than a decade prior or, or however long it was, we don't really get that in indication. Yeah. It, it feels really out of nowhere and very uh, out of character for Luke Skywalker, because by the time you get to return of the Jedi, he's a fully realized Jedi. He's a fully realized hero. Yeah. He has faced that mirror challenge, that, that test of spirit that every Jedi must go through in, in order to yeah. achieve knighthood. And he came out of it, pulling away from the dark side, seeing that um, those tendencies within himself that he got from his father. Um, right. And and to be fair, to be fair, uh, if you look at, uh, someone shared something with me on this. It was, um, if you look at the nature of the relationship between uh, Luke and Leia and their parents, Luke is far more like his mother. He's very kind, yeah. very willing to do self-sacrifice than he is but he's got that adventurous streak like his father mm-hmm. um leia on the other hand she is more like vader than she realizes and she's never even she you know she only met him in the capacity in which she did through the films she yeah. never knew his dad um yeah so it's uh you see those tendencies in both characters uh she's very very conniving very forceful she's willing to just kind of step out and just say hey i don't like this she speaks her mind Um, So like looking at the kind of trajectory that Luke had, I think him being in hiding because a, uh, I think it's an interesting idea, but we need to have a stronger sense of the exile. Why is he going into exile? Mm -hmm. It can't be just because he sensed darkness in his, in his nephew and is pushed towards that. Like it felt out of nowhere. Um, Whereas, and so that kind of, that nod, like, because we really had no antagonist through most of, uh, of Force Awakens. The antagonist is supposed to be Kylo Ren, who is basically a, a carbon copy of Vader without mm-hmm. the breathing issues. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you can, you can argue with as far as why Luke, you know, went into hiding is... You know, not only was it wasn't just Ben falling to the dark side; it was the destruction of the temple and the death of all the students. Like he lost his entire, like all all this all his students were were killed. So he lost everything. So, well, you know, he, that's all stuff that's that's talked about off screen. Or it's talked about on screen, but something that happens off screen, and so we don't get the gist of how that happened. Yeah, we don't yeah. Know- we don't know who the attacking force was. We don't know what it was that caused that destruction. What yeah, it was that I mean, and that that's 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 a flaw. I mean, a flaw in 
where you have so little time to to you know you have a limited amount of time to tell that story you know and i understand that like as fans we might read the supplemental uh the books and the stuff like that that tell that would tell that story but you know how do you tell that story on screen without taking away from the the general story and you know and adding too much to it so here's here's my thought here's my thought that whole first movie should have been about the fall of Skywalker's Jedi school. Mm. That would have set up the that would have set up the the tension and the drama that follows throughout the rest of the trilogy. Right. So if we had started off with this idea, hey, Luke has set this this school up. This is what he has established with his legacy over the last thirty years, while his sister has gone off to help you know operate in the in the New Republic. And his brother-in-law has gone to do whatever it is that Han does. All right, we could uh, we could catch up with Han later. But yeah. my thought would be is I like the idea that Kylo Ren is his nephew that he has turned to the dark side. I think that's cool. But what I would have been more interested in seeing is that everything that built up to the destruction of that temple with Ray being a padawan that luke has taken on at maybe maybe at this point um kylo or, or ben solo whatever you want to call him he had he's become more or less a fully realized jedi he's on the verge of of assuming knighthood and luke takes on this new apprentice in ray and it push and Kylo's already having his issues with the dark side and his lust for power because he's been reading up on his grandfather. And so he turns against his uncle, hmm. goes to the dark side, turns against his uncle, uh, which then creates that necessary conflict uh, uh, where uh, Luke is in hiding. Right. But Ray is still, she she's looking for Leia. She's looking for um, the remnant of Leia's rebellion. Hmm. And, and so, um, because the the Imperial Remnant, uh, the First Order, it feels really unnecessary. I'm, yeah, in a in a political changeover like what we see at the end of Return of the Jedi, there's going to be that Imperial Remnant, and the and the books do a great job of you know prior to Disney getting their hands on the franchise, they did a great job of establishing you know that you've got this. Uh, you've got this remnant who are loyal to the empire, but they want the same. They don't want the things that the, that the emperor wanted. They don't want to do the same things that, that Palpatine was doing. They, but they do want the the control and stability that he was providing. Right. Um, and so, if we had something like that with the New Republic kind of merging side by side. Uh, 30 years down the line, seeing what that political structure would have been like, that would have been a much more impressive dynamic to work with. Because, mm -hmm. because who knows, maybe uh, with Kylo, his maybe he, he chooses the name Kylo Ren because he's establishing his own Sith order. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's deciding he want, he doesn't want to be a Sith, but he wants to be dark side. Right. That's what we're And so he being, being that he's Vader's grandson, he wants to be in control. That would be where I would take uh, the Force Awakens because it feels like it would be much a much better story, much more dynamic. Because um, then you could have those character interactions, and Finn could still be an Imperial stormtrooper who mm -hmm. sees 
these differences and decides he wants to switch sides yeah. without being some kind of conditioned or brainwashed individual. Yeah. 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 I, um, now let's, let's get to the elephant in the room. Uh, the death of Han Solo. Does that stay in? Because that was one of the conditions that Harrison Ford put in that he wanted to, he wanted, he wanted a death death scene. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, that almost, you almost have to have that in there. I would say yes. And here's why, because maybe Luke re before he fully goes off into exile or whatever it is he does at the end of the film, maybe he reaches out to Han because this is Han's son. He can't get a hold of Leia because Leia is doing something political and she, and is busy. So he reaches right. out to Han because, because maybe he's trying, he's been trying to help bridge that, that, broken relationship between father and son yeah. for these two people that he loves so dearly. So at that point, Han would show up. He and Chewie would, you know, try to bridge that connection with Kylo, trying to bring him back to being Ben and Kylo knowing what he wants and still having that bitter resentment towards his father kills him. That yeah. would make because, because otherwise the resentment doesn't make sense without seeing what's where it stems from yeah so one thing i i do i do want to talk do want to talk about and how you we could possibly bring this into the characterization especially of luke skywalker was it was one thing that was touched in i think in a little bit in last in last jedi and, and rise of skywalker both is this idea of people having so much expectation of what Luke Skywalker, with at least in universe of like he even talks about it in Last Jedi, people, you know, I was the hero, I was this legend, the legend of Luke Skywalker, and this idea of not being able to live up to that expectations of people expecting Luke to be this almost mythical godlike figure, and him saying, "I can't do that. That's not me." You know, how do we work with what you're saying? How do we? Is there a way to work? That character, because I did like that idea of the, that characterization of Luke feeling not necessarily feeling lost, but feeling like you know I have there's too you you know the people are expecting too much of me. You see, know, I'm I'm only human. I see, and the, here's the thing: is that I think we already had that established that personality trait. Like, if you look at the way he is, by the time he gets to the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Not only is he that fully realized character, but his maturity has increased where the the impatience and the impulsiveness that he had in prior uh in, in you know episode four and episode five, they're no longer there. He's yeah. realized that about he's realized he's got that weakness and he's stemming that. Because right. if he if if he has this midlife crisis where he's worried about people seeing him as some kind of heroic messiah character when he's when he's never viewed himself as that yeah he didn't have the messiah complex that anakin did anakin right. had been raised under that in, under that expectation that he was the chosen one right he states it uh and 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 uh, kenobi even states that yeah luke never had that expectation all luke the only expectation that luke had was taking up the mantle of the Jedi so that the so that their traditions and that their responsibilities would never die throughout the galaxy. Right. He's, he, and and so if we have that character 
making the choice at the end of Return of the Jedi saying, I'm a Jedi like my father before me and carrying that as his mentality moving forward, the next 30 years take care of themselves. We don't have to worry about, about that issue because that's not a conflict with the character. Yeah. The, him, the He might have a loss of confidence because of Ben Solo turning willingly choosing turn. to turn to the dark side, but we don't have this, this um, complete, uh, you know, breakdown of character yeah. that shouldn't exist in the first place. Yeah. I mean, you can make the, I mean, I've heard people make the argument of, you know, you're not the same person you were 30 years ago when people change, you know, as far as, you know, Luke, Luke not being the same as he was at the end of Return of the Jedi to 30 years later that things can happen, people can change, you know, and, you know, your mentality and your thought process and how you view things might change from when you were 20-some years old to when you're in your 40s and 50s. And, and that's true. People do change over time. However, core uh, components of who they are, of, of their identity, of how they view themselves, that doesn't change that rapidly. Not in 30 yeah. years. Um, I mean, look at the people that you're closest to. Look at your parents. Mm -hmm. Okay, And while they might make mistakes at some point because of insecurities, because of concerns, worries, what have you, um, deep down, they're still the same people 30 years as they were 30 years ago. They're still the loving, compassionate, hopefully loving, compassionate people that, uh, that you knew them to be. Now, yes, our, our view of them from the time that we, I mean, my interactions with my parents are a great example. You know, growing up, my dad was, was my hero. I, you know, I, I looked up to him as a hero figure. By the time I got into college, there was, there was some animosity between us because we, because the dynamic had shifted because I was no longer the little kid that I used to be. Mm -hmm. I was an adult and he had difficulty seeing me as that. But people that have known me since, you know, grade school, middle school, high school, college, they still see me as, you know, that as the person I was back then, I, you know, I, I was fairly consistent in the kind of person I was, was there room for improvement? Absolutely. But the, the dynamic of who I was in my core uh, content is has not really deviated that much mm. where I was 20, 30 years ago. Mm. Mm. Okay. So I think we kind of, I mean, we've kind of moved on. So let's move on to the second movie. Okay. Um, and... Now you've said the past of, of the timing of the movie. So, I mean, how do we set up the, the, the time jump or the or any time jump in in this going from Force Awakens to Last Jedi? I I think that the time jump can be fine, like because I I know that the Last Jedi opens up just within minutes or hours. Well, and that's the, that's the thing is it's, it's for me, at least you have, it's at one point, it seems like it's just been minutes or hours after, you know, with them, uh, with the, the resistance fleeing the planet and the first order chasing after them. But yet 
when you go to Act Two, it's like, okay, how much time has passed? I mean, how long has Ray? Because it seems like Ray has been on that planet for a while. So it's like, are there two different time periods going on here where it's yeah, the the use of time is is critically important because some things feel really rushed, other things feel really protracted, and you're not yeah. really sure. But all the while, you have that ticking clock of you know the resistance running out of fuel while trying to trying to run away from the the empire. And it's like a lot of the things that that happened in that film it just it didn't make a whole lot of sense. So like like having the movie pick up right on the heels of force awakens would be perfectly fine yeah okay as long as the opening crawl explains that because that's what the opening crawl is supposed to be for the opening crawl is to kind of give you an idea of of bridging what happened between the previous century and this one Mm -hmm. and uh and the original and the and the prequel trilogies do a fairly good job of that you get this idea that the characters have changed that they've grown up um or that they in or they state how much time has passed yeah. Um, like between episode one and episode two, uh, Anakin has gone from being this eight to 10 year old kid to being an almost 20 year old adult. Mm-hmm. And he states it's been 10 years since I've seen Padme. Yeah. You know, I don't know if she's going to remember me because, you know, I, I was a little kid. Uh, you know, I can't get her off my uh, off my mind, that kind of thing. But so we have to that that kind of time jump, if there is going to be one, needs to be established. Yeah. Um, I would also. I, oh, oh, sorry. I, I would I also. Don't... Oh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I would also set up instead of having Ray go off to, you know, looking for, you know, Luke at the end of. Of the last movie, have that mm-hmm. set, have that be at the very beginning of this movie where. As kind of like what they did in, at the beginning of um, Empire Strikes Back, where you know you they're trying to flee the flee Hoth, and the rebels go off one way, but Luke goes off the other way. You could have something like that, where you know the John. Hello. Oh, I'm there. Can you see me? Okay. Yeah, I can um, see you. Uh, yeah, yeah, and everyone, yeah, went black on my end too. But you know, something like that, where so that would be, I think that would help the time jump a little bit because you could have Ray, Ray, and the the resistance going off at the same time in different directions. My my thought on that is this: is that uh, with, I mean, if we're if especially for keeping. Ren as the the chief protagonist or chief antagonist, yeah. uh, the fact that he was the that he was the 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 key component to decimating the new school that uh, that Skywalker put together. My mm-hmm. thought would be is that he goes after Skywalker, and in this one he does actually actively kill him. Mm. And we but we don't see it happen actively like in like the present tense we see it happening at like in the aftermath like the film could pick up in the aftermath of the destruction of the school with him fighting uh and him fighting um uh luke Luke. and then the time jump is that it jumps forward let's say a year maybe two ray is on the run she's a fugitive trying to get away from ren because she knows that he's hunting her down 
She's mm-hmm. the last Jedi. Okay, he's mm-hmm. killed all the other Padawans. He and in the flashbacks leading up to, you can do things anachronistically or out, outside that time that you know that chronological time. And you could have these flashbacks leading up to her watching uh, Luke get cut down by Kylo Ren. Yeah. And that Luke does it to save her just as Kenobi did it to save him. Hmm. Okay. So okay. you have you have that, that mentor sacrifice, just like we saw in the original film, without it being a carbon copy. And at that hmm. point, oh, okay. she, and so for her, maybe she maybe she hasn't gone through the trials for knighthood. Right. And so, and so she's going through those trials now, maybe she's accomplished one or two of them, but she hasn't accomplished all of them. Cause according to the lore, there's five of them. Okay. She's, she's had, you know, she, she's lost her mentor. She doesn't know who else to turn to at this point. This gives her the opportunity to definitely turn to the skid and find Leia. Because yeah. Leia, no. And, so then we could still have the same the same premise that you know Han dies in episode seven, Luke dies in episode eight, but it's done a little bit more consistent with how the characters were originally written. Um, and then her big test is to decide whether or not she wants to side with Kylo or not, because maybe he's saying as he's hunting her, he is seeing or she's seeing some of the things that he has seen, like. Um, she's as she's going back through these memories, she's seeing the way that that Luke was that he wasn't the perfect teacher that she thought he was. Yeah, maybe that's the expectation. It's not that Luke had that about himself; it's that she had it about Luke, mm-hmm. and she feels somehow let down by that. And so she's wrestling with with what she believed versus what reality is expectation versus right. reality. And so she has to face that test. Do I want to turn to the dark side or not? That gives us the segue. That gives us a lot of the, the drama and the set uh, to segue into uh, episode nine, yeah. which at this point, uh, Rise of Skywalker could be less about the individual or the name. It could be more about the school. And that maybe in. Uh, at the end of episode, this you know revamped version of episode eight, we have the decision that she's made that she's going to stick with the light side, um, and she is going to uh, uh, now seek out any other survivors from the school. Yeah, Be- and maybe that, and that's where the rise of Skywalker comes about is that she's carrying on that Skywalker name as far as the tradition of the school. Mm-hmm. And she's and she's found a new Padawan to raise, and she's protecting. Mm-hmm. She goes from being from being protected as a Padawan to being on the run as a rogue, to now protecting a potential young Padawan from Kylo Ren. Hmm. Hmm. So we, I've already, I've noticed we've skipped. Oh, we've kind of glossed, and I don't know if this is on purpose. Um. You know, some other characters like General Hux mm-hmm. and uh, Snoke. I mean, are those characters that you would just take out or leave in? Or, you know, how would you... Because so, there has to be, I mean, for, for, Kylo, for Kylo to turn, there has to be... You know, there always seems to be in Star Wars that 
like with with Anakin, it was Palpatine pulling the strings mm -hmm. and kind of leading him. Would you kind of have that same character uh, to to lead kind of Kylo to the dark side to be the so, one whispering in his ear? Here's how I would have used Snoke, because Snoke is he's a red herring. Yeah. The, the, throughout the sequel trilogy, you think he's this big bad guy, and he's not. Yeah. My thought would be, as far as chief antagonist, Kylo is the chief antagonist. But here's yeah. where. Here's where it makes the connection. Snoke is not a tangible antagonist. He is a holograph. He's a holocron. He's a he, he's a he's a uh, he's a Sith uh, simulacrum of a, a Sith warlord from way back when. Right. And Kylo found that on one of his adventures, mm. and that could be something that we that is alluded to in the revamp of episode seven and that he keeps going back to this, this informational source that is little by little corrupting his spirit. Because yeah. Sith were known for their alchemy. They were known for using some kind of dark magic embedded within scientific technology. And yeah. uh, so using that, that holocron or that simulacrum, whatever you want to call it, uh, he's, he's, he keeps accessing it and, the, and it's, Kind of like the One Ring of Power. The more he uses it, the more it's mm. going to draw him to being. I like that. To being a bad guy. Like so that, that way, Snoke yeah. is corrupting him. Snoke is having this influence on him, but it's it's from an intangible perspective. Hmm. Okay, these are the teachings of a long dead Sith Lord. Um, as far as General Hux, maybe he is a political crony that he is part of this Imperial remnant that's left over from the last thirty years, but. He has a bid for power. He doesn't, he, he's, you know, his family could have been longtime sympathizers of the empire. He wants to have, you know, he's, he's a, you know, his family's a legacy family to, to an extent. Um, and he's following in, in his family's footsteps that he's joining. Yeah. And, so, and so he, he's trying to create a new first order. Right. He's trying to rebuild the Imperial Remnant into something stronger, and so he sides with Kylo as a as a means to an end. You could almost—I I just thought of this—you could almost have this first, the First Order, as you as they see as they see this kind of meshing of the New Republic and the Imperial Remnant as like you could almost have it separate. That's kind of what I would yeah. do with, with that political thing, where they see whereas Hux. And this other group of let's call them extremists see this sort of you know as the empire and the new republic kind of mesh together. They're like, we don't like that. We want things you know to be back the way they were. So they can be almost like an extremist faction of that, where they're you know they're not the new or the first order is like we want things the way they used to be under the empire. Under the under the the the, uh, the new the original new order of the of Palpatine's new order, you know why are you yeah. colluding with with rebels? Type of a thing. Absolutely, it could, yeah, it could be very much it could be very much that extremist, um, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, very very conservative or i guess i you know you, I mean, it's either way it's still it's a political faction that it wants to go back to the way things were done mm -hmm. you know 30 years ago and hux is this true believer in that 
And yeah. uh, and I think for Hux, it would be kind of interesting when he realizes, when he comes to the realization that uh, Kylo is using him just as much as he's using Kylo, at which point uh, he's able to, uh, he, he kind of sees that Kylo doesn't care. He doesn't give one rip about about a first order or any kind of political agenda. He just wants power and he has yeah. the means to take it. And he's, he's going to do with, he's going to do away with Hux anyway. So, yeah. So that would, you know, that would spurn Hux to be maybe like, I'm going to side with, you know, I'm going to change my gears here just a little bit because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Dude. And right now yeah. Kylo is the enemy. Um, so you, yeah. so you can have that. Um, I think still having other legacy characters like, Lando and Chewie coming back in, I think that would be that would still be done. We mm -hmm. just have to find a more organic way of doing that because it it uh, it felt kind of out of nowhere that I mean, yeah, Lando became a, a general within the the rebellion, but what would he do after that? The guy was a, a professional gambler. Yeah, um, professional gamblers don't stick around to become military men or spies. They go back to what they do. Um, yeah, and. Uh, and so, you know, at, when there's nobody to fight, what's he's, he's going to be bored. Um, so we could we could find better ways of incorporating. Maybe he's the owner of the casino at Canto Bite. Mm -hmm. uh, or I, yeah, yeah. And or while on the run, she could go to him looking for shelter. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, are we just totally doing away with the, the return of Palpatine then? Oh, absolutely. There's no need for yeah. him to return. Okay. Um, I mean, the, the fact that... I think I think that was more... I think as far as, you know, I think that was more of just the shock value. I think they did that for the initial reaction people would give when they heard the laugh of Palpatine. <gasps> Palpatine's back. Uh, but I don't know if they really had any, any plans for like, other than, oh, let's bring back Palpatine. That'll be cool. Yeah. And I mean, the the... The Clone Wars, the cloning technology that was enveloped there, yeah, it was used to create living weapons and programmable living weapons who would be completely uh, uh, subservient to Palpatine's needs. But, mm -hmm. and I get that the the technology could have been could have been there as a kind of a forefront to cloning a Jedi. But the the funny thing is that the the lore has always been about you can't clone a Jedi, you can't clone midi chlorian capabilities. Yeah, um, it's just not there. Like, um, but they did it in the comics. There was a whole comic series where they brought back the Emperor. The, yeah, uh, the but dark he wasn't exactly the same. He didn't have the same level of power. Um, there's yeah. something. There's something deteriorated about him. Um, yeah, and yeah, they they did do that. Even even in the um, the Thrawn novels, when they brought back Jor the clone of Jorah Sabaoth, you know, yeah. he, he was. It was shown that he's a little unhinged he's yeah, not some, white there. yeah he wasn't right in the head um and i mean you see this again in uh the force unleashed part two the video game where uh you go to the, the cloning facility on camino and uh storm star killer the, the actual original version of star killer um he's having to fight all these clones of himself but they're very deteriorated they don't have this they've got their power levels are are, are either way too way too strong or they're way too weak and they just can't control themselves and they're feral almost. Yeah. Um, and so that, I mean, yeah, we, but I mean, 
it feels having Palpatine there feels very out of nowhere because how do you, how do you transfer consciousness like that? That's never anything that was ever established in the clone wars. It was never established in the original trilogy. It was never established in the prequel trilogy projecting oneself through the force. Yes, that could be done, but it takes a lot of energy to do that. Um, And a lot of concentration and someone like Yoda you know, Yoda didn't project himself through the force. He just, he opened himself up to feeling those projections from the force. Big difference. Um, and uh, just because you have a clone of someone doesn't mean the consciousness that pops up from that is going to be the same as yeah. the original person. Yeah. Um, so my thought would be do away with that and just continue making uh, Kylo Ren the antagonist. Let him mm-hmm. be the let him be the the negative focus because then you have a character that we we can see him as he's rising to power and the things he is doing to assume that power right right. because at this point he doesn't care about the sanctity of life like a jedi would he's given up on that he's killed he's he's killed fellow classmates he's he's killed his his original teacher slash uncle he's killed his own father uh, and maybe at, maybe he makes an attempt on uh, to to really kind of separate um, Ray from any help that she could have gotten. He uh, he uh, he makes an attempt on his own mother's life hmm. to prov- to uh, prov- to provoke Ray into doing something that she wouldn't otherwise do. It would be yeah. one of those things to throw her off balance where she goes and and it really puts her it really puts the decision that she makes in the revamped episode eight where she decides to stick with being a Jedi instead of following Kylo. It really puts that decision to the test. Yeah. Because then she's got this this young potential Padawan looking up to her. Can right. she live up to the same uh, example that Luke set for her? Hmm. Now, what about the idea of redemption for Kylo? Because I think, because I think, because when we went into originally, when when they when things went, were going into episode the original episode nine and the original version of it, I kept telling people the same thing of like, because people were saying there's no way Kylo could be redeemed. He killed his fathers. There's no way. I was like, then you haven't watched Star Wars because Star Wars is about one of the key, especially the original trilogy was about. Redemption, the redemption of Darth Vader. So it to me it just showed it, to me it was like a no brainer. Like yeah, Kylo is going to be redeemed. At least in the original telling of the story, Kylo had to be redeemed for the story to come full circle. Especially right. if you're going on the idea of he's following in his in his grandfather's footsteps. Then, if you're doing that in both a literal sense, then that's going to be the final, the final thing of, just like his grandfather, he comes back to the light. Right, but if we're going off this direction, that we this this uh, trajectory that we've been developing, from a story perspective, it, it wouldn't make sense to have a redemption arc. See, the reason why Anakin fell to the dark side is because he did it because he he loved too strongly yeah in a relationship that was forbidden and mm-hmm. he kept it a secret if he mm-hmm. had not kept it a secret had he been willing to face the consequences of those decisions yeah he would have had the assistance necessary the problem with 
with that lies in, is that with with uh, Kylo, maybe the lie that he is uh, characters always have a uh, have a a lie that they believe. Okay, yeah. they, and it doesn't necessarily need to lead to a redemption arc. But for Kylo, the lie that he believes, and this is coming from the the teachings from that Snoke simulacrum that he's been listening to that that holocron, is that he uh, he sees that his his grandfather had more power at his disposal when turning to the dark side. Yeah. Okay. That's the lie. And so rather, and so for him, he doesn't need to be redeemed because he is choosing. He's not choosing it because he's trying to protect somebody else. He's choosing it because he wants that control. Mm -hmm. He feels like that. He feels like uh, Skywalker let him down in some way, shape or form um, that the teachings he was getting from this, this, this long dead evil warlord are far better than anything life preserving that he got from Skywalker. And so he is making a conscious decision to be a destructive force in the galaxy. Hmm. At that point, there's no need for, for redemptive arc because he is, he's simply choosing control and power so that he can say, Hey, look, I did it better. Yeah. Okay. He's he's simply trying to outdo, and and maybe he's given the option, maybe he's he's shown evidence to the contrary. You know, maybe the part he doesn't understand is the sacrifice that Vader made to protect Luke, because that yeah. wasn't part of the story that he was told. But what if he is told that? What if he's shown that through Luke's own holocron? He finds it, or it's presented to him mm -hmm. by Ray. He sees that, and he still chooses to go the route that he's going. Hmm. He's not a villain for the sake of being a villain. He's a villain because deep down in his core logic, he thinks he's the hero because he's been right. victimized by someone who took control of him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could also have the, the idea of you know, having having a, a kid who, you know, the son of a, a son of a famous politician, son of a famous journal, where maybe he holds some resentment towards his parents. You know, his parents weren't there. His parents, you know, left him with this weird uncle <laughs> to train him, and you know, we're kind of absent. So you have that mentality too going on. And if you, I mean, I think if you did want to do a redemption arc, that would be. I think you would still do it through that that thing of his of his mother. You know, if if you did want to do it, that would be the way to do it. Is is through through his through Leia, I think. Right, and and I think that that could potentially work. I think it would be it would be much more dynamic to have a a villain character who is not redeemed. Yeah, because because for for two thirds, well, almost almost three quarters of the uh, the original trilogy, Vader was the big bad. Yeah, mm -hmm. you had you had Palpatine. Well, I mean, I, I I do have I do I disagree with that. I think I think there was only one movie where he was truly the big bad, and that was Empire. I think in A New Hope, the big bad is Tarkin. Tarkin. Tar, you know, Vader is just, I mean, Vader's there, and yes, he's, but he's more of 
the heavy. Like he's he's Vader's he's Vader's attack. I mean, he's not Vader's attack dog. Tarkin's he's Tarkin's attack, attack dog. And then in Jedi, it's the Emperor who turns out to be the big bad. It's really only it's really only Empire where Vader is shown to be the main antagonist of that movie. Yeah, because well, and and he, and he's an antagonist because he's 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 relentlessly pursuing Han and Leia as a means of getting to to Luke. Luke, yeah. And um, he and and while he does antagonize them. That comes more at the end. He's more of an antagonist to, to his own people than anything else, simply yeah. because you know he you know he's periodically throwing a temper tantrum. <laughs> but again, that's that's Anakin coming through. That's that's the impulsivity that he's been holding on to and trying to rein in yeah. the last 20 years since the Clone Wars. And he, he's at a he's finally at this point where he's frustrated. He no longer has Tarkin holding his leash. Yeah, uh, he's been given free reign by the emperor, and now he's like, "Screw it! Anybody who crosses me, I don't care if they work for me or not, they're gonna die." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, kind of cringed when they saw Kylo throw his little temper tantrum, where he, you know, tore up. But I'm watching him like saying, "That's." That's an if Vader hadn't been restricted by the suit as far as his movement, that's exactly what Anakin would have done. It's a yeah, absolutely. he would have he would he would have smashed something. But Anakin also yeah. had Anakin also had other elements where and we see this in the Clone Wars comics that were put out by Dark Horse. We see this put out by in the, the in the Clone Wars series where when he got frustrated about something, he would work on something. He would tinker. He would, he would build, he would, um, he would experiment with, with mechanics. Uh, yeah. And once he became Vader, he didn't have that anymore okay. because the moment he, he had any free time, he spent that time either in back to tanks trying to heal his body, or he was taking his, his momentary, um, uh, uh, reposes in his hyper uh, hyperbaric chamber on yeah. board the star destroyer to give his body a chance to move without being restricted by the suit. Right. And so, um, and so he didn't have that same release that he had that moving meditation where he could, where he was like, you know, tinkering on his fighter or tinkering yeah. on a droid or, you know, taking apart his lightsaber piece by piece and putting it all back together those things would calm him down. He doesn't have that. So all that repressed frustration and anger comes out in the temper tantrums. Kylo could still carry on that behavior. The temper tantrums, I think were a, a nice nod to the fact that, yeah, he is his, his grandfather's grandson. Yeah. 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 And people, you know, people complain about, you know, Oh, he's too whiny again. That's a Skywalker trait. Are you whining? Whining? Oh, you look at Luke. What's the first line? Station to pick up some power converters. converters. Which is something I always. Anytime anybody complains about the "I hate sand" line, I always point them to that. I'm like, (laughs) it runs in the family. Does it runs in the family? Skywalker, Skywalker men are whiny. The only, the only non-whiny Skywalker has ever been Leia. Everyone knows this. Oh, which is so ironic that she's the most like Anakin. 
Yeah, well, but yeah, she's at I mean, least she's, whiny. Yeah, yeah, well, when it comes to political fervor, when it comes to uh, you know the use of control and military power, yeah, she's definitely more like more like Anakin than she would want to believe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so so we? I mean, we end with the defeat. I'm guessing the defeat of uh, of Kylo. Yeah, for for I would say for this. I would say as a as a means of now now here's here's because you mentioned you mentioned a um having Ray have a Padawan. Do we set something up where that Padawan might start to get turned and that him or he or her have that redemption where she starts to get swayed to the dark side that and would, even turn for a little bit and then she is he or she is the one that gets that redemption arc yes and I, I i think that would be i think that would be a better use of a redemption story um because it could be something that that character is wrestling with and maybe the person that that he or she talks to is finn finn mm. who's become this friend and confidant for ray over the last couple of movies could be like hey look I worked for the empire. I worked for the first order. Yeah. I worked for, as part of this extremist political group. And I realized just how destructive they were. You still have a choice. Just like I have had a choice. The only time you don't have a choice is when you're dead. Yeah. And, and so he leaves her with this. Do you, do you want to continue being on this path of destruction and following Kylo? Or are you willing to turn your life around and, and pursue something healthier. And well, maybe, maybe even, maybe even, cause I think this would be an even bigger idea of the redemption where maybe this Padawan does something that he, that they feel they can't come back from. Like they do something so horrific, you know, maybe, in their mind that they it, feel they can't come back to it from it. And and maybe what that that thing is, is um, oh you, you gave me an idea. What okay. if as part of a way of trying to separate Ray from any help she has with uh, with um, Leia, Kylo mm -hmm. sends the the confused apprentice to as a as a way of showing loyalty to go kill his mother, mm. and it's it's actually Finn stepping in as a bodyguard to protect Leia. Mm. And he and, and Leia have that conversation with the Padawan and the Padawan then returns to Kylo and, ha and they have that, that, that moment of face off. Um, uh, it, Kylo, you know, comes after the Padawan trying to destroy it, he, him or her uh, at which point Ray appears to protect the Padawan. Yeah. So then yeah. you, so you have that redemptive arc. It's just done differently. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, I, I, it's Ray doing the thing that Kenobi failed to do. Hmm. I think this has been, this has been, been fun. I've liked this. Um, and then as we move forward going on, um, we can kind of expand on this with each movie and maybe even do other trilogies, maybe even look at the other trilogies and see like 
what changes we might make with the original trilogy even or the prequel trilogy um you know maybe even maybe even write our own star wars story uh a couple actually that i've put i do too i do too i i've been working on a idea for a kind of a what if we're gonna do it last year but things happened It, it was um you know a what if vader had lived at the end of empire at the end of jedi Dark Horse actually did a couple of those. Yeah, I've I've seen the I've seen a couple of the the what ifs. Yeah, the um, what if, uh, it was it was the alternate version of Empire Strikes Back is the one I saw, and yeah. Luke and Leia actually Luke actually succeeds in uh, uh, in uh, redeeming Vader, and Vader he's he's still wearing the suit. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the it's suit was white. white. With yeah. Rings. Yeah, and my, my idea was to have, and we actually turned this into another episode where we talked to a lawyer, which was the trial of Vader. Ooh. Where Vader lives, you know, he turns himself, he turns to the dark, he still turns to the light side, but he turns himself in for trial. So it was, what would a trial, so that was my idea for this sort of, I want to do sort of a uh, an audio drama type thing. That would be the, with the uh, the trial of Darth Vader, but the other ones of the comics I've read, um, it is in the one they did for New Hope, the the attack on the Death Star fails, and it doesn't manage to totally destroy the Death Star. It manages to, to damage it, so it's not firing at full power, but they're able to still destroy uh, Yavin Four. But they capture Leia, and Leia is brainwashed. He's tortured and brainwashed into becoming an an imperial. That and but the the final scene is is really cool. It's Yoda. You know, Luke still trains trains with Yoda, and goes back, and you still have that confrontation. And that's where Vader finds out. Like, wait a minute, I have a son. Well, what's going on here? You lied to me. The final scene is Yoda taking over the Death Star, mind-controlling Tarkin, and flying it into into Coruscant, just crashing the entire moon, entire Death Star, onto the uh, the Imperial Palace. That would be fun. Uh, and then in Empire, it was uh, Luke dies in the snow. Luke Luke dies on Hoth, and it's Leia. Who takes up the mantle? Yeah, and goes to train with Yoda. Yeah, they they've got some. They've, there's been some cool what if stuff, and I think the the DLC for the Force Awakens game or not Force Awakens Force Unleashed games, both uh, both games had some really interesting DLC that uh, it was kind of like the what if if you took the dark side ending for both games and how that would yeah play. yeah yeah I did like the what if they did for the original PS2. Um, Episode three, mm-hmm. they had they had uh, there's two endings. There's one um, if you play it like regular and Vader loses against if you're you know against um, Obi Wan, then it shows the original ending from Episode three. But then there's another alternate ending where you kill Obi Wan, where you manage to flip behind him and stab him in the back and mm-hmm. kill him, and then the ending is. You see Anakin walking. You see the clone troopers and the Imperial shuttle landing, and the Empire handing over, 
and handing him the light his lightsaber and saying, you know, together we will rule our empire, something like that. Him taking the lightsaber and then just stabbing the emperor and killing the, killing the emperor and saying, no, it's my empire. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would definitely be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun, but we are at the hour mark. So uh, let's call this a wrap. Uh, Garrett, why don't you tell the people out there where they can find you at? All right. Well, you guys can find me on, uh, on Instagram and Twitter at GKJ underscore publishing. You can also find me on YouTube. Uh, the, uh, the link for that, just look for GKJ Publishing. I'm the only one with that uh, that title, uh, that playlist, and you'll be able to find all sorts of really cool stuff, author interviews, top 10 book recommendations, creative writing tips, uh, as well as promotion for my own books as well. Yeah. Uh, as for us right here, if you want to get a hold of us, the uh, best way to do that is through email. Email us at warthestars1 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go to at warthestars one on Twitter, that is our Twitter handle, uh, or search War of the Stars on Facebook um, and search for the Facebook group there. If you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars or go to spreadshirt.com and search for War of the Stars and you can catch our cool merch there. We are, of course, a part of the Red 5 Network. Uh, go to red5network.com for more information. That will do it for us this week. As always, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you.